You're listening to the Midtown Church Sermon Podcast. Midtown Church is a family loved and served by God, compelled to love and serve each other and Austin with God. Learn more at midtownaustin.org. Good to be with you guys this morning. Good to worship with our community here in person, as well as all of you folks that are on Zoom. If you are relatively new to Midtown and haven't met me yet, my name is Justin. I serve as the Associate Pastor at Midtown, and do want to give a special welcome to you if you're visiting either online or here in person. I'm going to give a quick, quick family update before we go into the sermon, and a quick family update. Might, you, know, you guys who are here in person might be wondering, why is Jake here? And if you're on Zoom, you're like, why is Jake on Zoom? And the news is that Jake got COVID, but he's doing really well, so that's the good news. Thursday will be day 10 of his quarantine, and thus far, he's been isolated in his room, and Krista and the kids have not got it. So that's what we're going to continue to pray for. So wave at us, Jake. Let him see. Yep. I'm sure he's waving. And his hair looks really crazy, I'm sure. We're really glad uh, that God's protecting them. So let's keep praying for that and hope that he'll be back here with us next weekend on Easter. Uh, day, Thursday will be day 10 of his uh, quarantine. So just in time for Easter for us. So the last few weeks, we've been walking through the book of Ephesians. And we've been talking about this series we entitled New. The change that Jesus brings. We've talked about the way that Jesus transforms our lives when we put our faith in him and the type of change that that produces. We're going to jump back into Ephesians in a few weeks, but what we wanted to do here leading up to Easter is actually look at like a test case of someone whose life was changed. And so for three weeks, we're going to look at the disciple Peter, the apostle Peter, and we're going to look at his life and how Jesus changed him as kind of a test case for us. So today we're going to look at Jesus' life, all, or Peter's life, all the way to before Jesus died. Easter, we'll look at, at Peter's life and what the resurrection meant in changing Peter's life. And then uh, the week after that, we're going to look at what Peter's life was like after Jesus ascended. And so let's look at how Jesus changed a particular person. And one of the things I'm most excited about is as we walk through the series, you'll, you'll hear this as I go through this, the sermon this morning. One of the things I'm excited about is over these three weeks, we're actually inviting you to take like a journey with us. So as we're looking at Peter's life, we're wanting you to be thinking about your life and how your life parallels many of the same things that, that Jesus did in Peter's life, he does in our lives. And so during these next three weeks, and particularly this week on Holy Week leading up to Easter, we're going to ask you to do some reflection on all that God has done in your life. We think that's going to be a great way to prepare our hearts and prepare our church together for Easter Sunday, uh, next Sunday. So you'll hear more about that as I walk us through this. Um, so today's first message in the series is entitled, Learning uh, to Trust Jesus. So we're going to look at a few stories from Peter's life. And if you're somewhat familiar with, with the New Testament or if you've read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you, you'll get to know a lot about Peter. We know that Peter, one of the cool things about him is sometimes he says, the, says and does the most amazing things full of faith. But if you're familiar with the story, also Peter does some of the dumbest things and says some of the dumbest things, which is one of the reasons why I really like that we have this New Testament it helps it kind of like a small way of, of building up my faith that these weren't guys that just wrote something and made themselves look perfect. Like these are real people that struggled along the way as they learned to trust Jesus. And in our lifelong journey of trusting Jesus more and more, just as Leanne shared, we're going to continue to come across things along the way that are going to challenge our faith and challenge our faith. And we're going to have up and down like Peter did. And so what we're going to do is we're going to look at four stories in Peter's lives, and through the lens of what God did in him, we're going to think about our own lives. All right, so four stories from Peter. The first one, I think we have a slide for it here, is learning to trust Jesus by doing what he says. That's one way that we learn to trust Jesus is by doing what he says. And we'll start from one of the very first encounters that that, uh, Jesus has with Peter. I'm reading from uh, Luke chapter 5. These are kind of long passages, so we're not going to have all the slides up here, but you can just listen and remember the story. 
It says, one day Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, and the people were crowding around and listening to the word of God. He saw on the water's edge two boats left there by fishermen who were off washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one that belonged to Simon, I should say. You'll see Simon, that's Peter's other name, so when I hear Simon, know that that's also Peter. So he got to one that belonged to Simon, and he asked him to put out a little bit for the shore so that he sat down and taught the people from Peter's boat. It says, when he finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out to deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When he had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that the nets began to break, and they signaled for their partners in the other boat to come help them, and they filled their boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' feet and and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and his companions were astonished at the catch that they had taken, and so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. But Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on you will fish for people. So they pulled up their boats out on the shore, and they left everything, and they followed him. So in this first scene of Peter, the first thing that we see is he learns to trust Jesus by actually doing what Jesus says. That's what he first learns in, in trusting him. Now, Peter had been with Jesus for some time, it's, uh, enough to hear some of his teachings, enough to actually see some of his miracles. This is still early on in Jesus' ministry, and enough to actually let Jesus use his boat <laughs> while he's off washing his nets. And you remember, Peter and his friends were cleaning the nets, which means they were done. They were done fishing. They know more about fishing. They know more about the lake. What can they learn from this carpenter who then asked them, well, why don't you just go put out the fish again? He says, oh, we've already been doing that. I kind of I know what I'm doing here. But then you get this really great phrase that I love. Because you said so. Because you said so, I will let down the nets. And this is the first way that Peter learned how to trust Jesus by doing what he says. By saying, because you say so. And as we learn to trust Jesus, there's going to be many because I said so moments in your life. Many times where you are going to want to do what you want to do, and Jesus is going to tell you to do something different, and you're going to have to decide, what does trusting Jesus look like? It means I'm going to say, but because you said so, I will do it. Again, I remind you, Peter's the fisherman. He's the expert. He knows the lake of uh, uh, Gennesaret. He knows when the best time to catch fish is. He had all the reason in the world to trust in himself rather than to do what Jesus told him to do. And we're the same way, right? We, we know ourselves. We know our situations. We feel pretty confident that we know what's best for us and we know what's right. At the same time, Jesus is going to tell us to do things that we're not going to want to do. The question is, will we say like Peter and learn to trust Jesus by saying, but because you say so. So we heard some of this already in Leanne's testimony, but because you say so, I'll end an unhealthy dating relationship. Or because you say so, I will forgive the person who hurt me. Because you say so, I'll be generous with my money. Because you say so, I'll open up my life to Christian community and be vulnerable with people. Because you say so, I'll stop pursuing the fame, the fortune that I'm after. Because you say so, I'll stop any behaviors that contradict how you would have me live. Or because you say so, I will, I'll trust in you instead of myself is ultimately what Peter did there. And then when he sees this enormous number of, number of catch, I love that he just goes right back to Jesus and says, go away from me. I'm a sinful man. Go away. And what was Jesus' response? His Jesus' response was, no, come, come with me. He, Peter says, go away. He says, no, come with me. And I'm actually make you a fisher of people. First lesson that he learns is that part of trusting Jesus is doing what he says. 
And so what I want you to do during this next week leading up to Holy Week is I want, or in Holy Week leading up to Easter, I want you to reflect on the times in your life when you've actually resisted, not done what Jesus told you to do. But also equally reflect on the times in your life when you've actually done what Jesus told you to do and, and consider the fruit of those conditions and what happened when you did say yes and what happened when you did say no. This is what we want you to do is learn that part of following Jesus, trusting him, is doing what he says and reflect on your life as to when you've done that and what God has done through your life during this holy week. Second story we're going to learn this morning from Peter is that he learns to trust Jesus above his circumstances, above his circumstances. Famous story here with Peter walking on water, uh, reading now from Matthew 14. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get on the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. And after he dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside to pray by himself. Later in the night, there alone, the boat was already a considerable distance away from the land. It was buffeted by waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it's I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come out on the water. Come on, Jesus says. And Peter got out of the boat and walked on water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and he began to sink. Lord, save me. Immediately, he reached out his hand and saved him. And he said, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? And when, they climbed, when he climbed into the boat together, the wind died down. And those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. Here we have this amazing story of, of Peter's faith, that he would see them walking on Jesus, walking on the water, and, and he'd say, well, if, if this is really you, I'm, I believe, like, call me out to you. And Jesus says, well, come on. And he walks on water for a few steps toward Jesus until it says, but when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. I don't know how you see wind. That's obviously a phrase. <laughs> but he felt the effects of the wind. He saw the waves. He felt his clothes. Something happened where then he took his eyes off Jesus and began to get afraid. And then he sunk. In life, we're going to have many situations like this where the circumstances around our lives are going to move us to take our eyes off of Jesus and toward our circumstances. Instead of walking toward him and trusting and having faith, we're going to have things that stir us up. Things that make us see the turmoil around us and turn our eyes off. And we can become afraid and we can begin to sink. We're going to have physical hardship in our lives, right? We're going to have illness. We're going to have injuries. Uh, we're going to have disease. We're going to have pandemics. <laughs> we're going to have relational uh, trials in our lives. We're going to have broken relationships. We're going to have breakups. We're going to have the loss of loved ones. We're going to have financial crises throughout our lives. We're going to have jobs that are lost. We're going to have catastrophes. All circumstances, these and many others that we could list, are these opportunities that give us the chance to say, am I going to let what I believe and what I trust about Jesus be what's true of him, or am I going to focus on the circumstances in my life? Now, for all of us, we're different. Uh, we have different circumstances, certainly, but also we have different temperaments, and so we get distracted by the different winds and waves could be different for all of us. For some, it's when financial difficulties happen that you're tempted not to trust Jesus. For some, it's hard to trust Jesus with your career when it's not going as you think. For some, it's hard to trust Jesus when, you're, when your grades aren't going like you want them. For others, it's when your marriage isn't going like you want or when it's you're struggling with your singleness, your past, your future. All such things are the circumstances. And every time we have circumstances like this in our lives, it gives us the opportunity to learn to trust Jesus or to focus our eyes on our circumstances and begin to sink. 
I love that Peter cries out, and Jesus gracefully pulls him right back up, gets him on the boat, and then he says, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? And then when they climbed in the boat and the wind died down, it says all that were there in the boat, they recognized something about Jesus. Truly, this is the Son of God. They, they make it through this little trial, and what happens is what they believe about Jesus changes. And we could say the same about all the circumstances that we're going to face in our life when we learn to trust Jesus and trust Jesus. And even when we don't and he pulls us back up, we're going to recognize a new bit of the character of God. That's what happens when we trust Jesus through our circumstances, even when we don't and he pulls us back up. So I'd like you during this Holy Week to consider how are you trusting Jesus with your circumstances? I want you to think about times in your life when, when you have kept your eyes on Jesus and you've seen him deliver in a, in a way. Also to think about your life honestly and think about times when you have got sidetracked and you focused on the circumstances and stopped trusting in Jesus. And what came of that? I'd like to prepare, prepare for Easter, this Holy Week. Let's reflect on those circumstances in our lives and what God has done through them. The third story we're going to look at, Peter, is how he learns to trust Jesus' purpose over his plans, which I think Leanne has already spoken really <laughs> well about this morning. But this is a story of Peter's making his confession, but then what follows his confession of Jesus. Matthew 16, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea, Caesarea Philippi, he asked the disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, still others say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. But what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus re responded so happily, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Amazing. Then he says, now that they've professed that he was Messiah, it says, from that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders and the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed, and on the third day be raised to life. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. Jesus turned to him and said, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block for me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Here we have another remarkably good and bad story in Peter's life where he's the first to proclaim, like, you are the Messiah, this great wisdom that he says was, Jesus says, this wasn't just your wisdom. This was the Father who blessed you with this insight. The first to profess that Jesus is the Messiah. But then we see that Peter has a different version of what the Messiah is supposed to be like. He confessed that he was Messiah, but he didn't know what kind of Messiah. And once they make the profession that he is Messiah, and Jesus starts to tell them about what kind of Messiah he's going to be, Peter doesn't like it. <laughs> and he says, this does not fit with my plans. And he rebukes Jesus, if you can imagine that. Tells him, no, this is never going to happen. And then Peter gets rebuked by Jesus in the strongest of ways. Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You don't have in mind the things of God, but the things of man. See, here Peter's learning to trust in a very, very powerful way. He's learning to trust that God's purposes are more important than his plans. You have in mind the concerns of man, not of God. And so one of the ways that we're going to walk through our life is we're going to have these circumstances in our lives where we're going to have a chance to have our plan collide with God's plan. Things that we want, things that we desire, the way that we want to have things happen, and it's not going to happen because God has a different purpose, as Leanne shared so beautifully this morning.
And we're going to be like Peter, where Peter said, this will never happen to you. But we're going to say, this was never going to happen to me. But we don't know. God's ways are much bigger than our ways. He knows the beginning from the end, and his plans are going to collide with ours. And one of the ways that we walk by faith and continue to trust Jesus is trust his purposes and submit our plans to him. And every time you have one of these circumstances in your life, you're going to have two choices. Resist him or submit to him. Learn to trust. And so you can resist or you can learn to trust when it comes to your career. You can submit to him or you can learn to trust when it comes to where you live. You can resist him or you can learn to trust when it comes to your relationship status. You can resist him or you can learn to trust when it comes to your ability or inability to get pregnant. You can trust him or you can resist him when it comes to his purposes for how he's gifted you or your degree plan or on and on and on. His purposes will collide with ours. And part of trusting Jesus is, is walking in the steps of Peter and submitting, ultimately, your will to his. Peter resisted because he, his plans did not align with what he expected or what he wanted. But he would learn later to trust, and he would trust that Jesus' plans were bigger than his. And so again, on this Holy Week, another thing I'd encourage you to do is look back on your life and think about the times when your purposes, God's purposes and your plans collided. And think about the times that you resisted like Peter and you said, no, no, God, no. And then think, too, about the times where you've said yes. Maybe you said no at first and when you ultimately said yes. Dwell this week on the fruit that came from those decisions and know what it looks like to follow Jesus as submitting your plans to him. In our fourth story, we're going to learn that learning to trust Jesus means trusting his grace over our own strength. You'll be familiar with the story, most of you as well. But on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he's gathered his disciples together. <clears throat> this is one of the things he says to them. You will all fall away. Jesus told them, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you to Galilee. Peter declared, even if all fall away, I will not. Truly, I tell you, Jesus answered, today, yes, tonight, before the rooster crows twice, you yourself will disown me three times. But Peter insisted emphatically, even if I have to die, I will never disown you. And all the others said the same. They went then to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. And they took Peter and James and John with him, and they began to be deeply distressed and troubled. And he said, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch, which means stay here and pray. I'm going to go a little further. And then he fell to the ground and he prayed, if it's possible that this might be passed from him. Abba, Father, Jesus said, Everything's possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples, and he found them sleeping. Simon, he said, Peter, why are you asleep? Could you not watch for one hour? Watch and pray that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Here on this last night of Jesus' earthly life, he's overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death because he knows what he's about to happen to him that night. On top of that, he knows that all of his friends, those guys that are with him right there, they're all going to betray him. And in that deepest hurtful moment when Jesus is going off to pray and he just wants Peter to, to just pray for him, to give him strength, Peter falls asleep. And Jesus reminds him of something that we all need to remind, remember. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Now, I'm sure you guys know how the story ends. I won't read it all. But Jesus, in the moments after that, is taken captive. 
And all the disciples do split just as he said. And Peter follows at a distance and enables himself actually to get into a courtyard where they're just about to start quizzing Jesus and beating Jesus. And in that place, three times people walk up to him and say, wait a second, aren't you one of the disciples? And three times he says no. And the third time we can read in Luke 22, says this. Peter replied, man, I don't know what you're talking about. Just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered what the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and he wept bitterly. Can you imagine all this happening at once? Like the third second you deny, the next second the rooster crows, the next second you're looking right at Jesus. He was right. You can see why he would just go out and weep. And we can relate, right? We've all made promises to ourselves or promises to God, things that with the greatest of intentions, with all the strength we could muster in ourselves, we intended to do, but we've not done so. We had to fall back on God's grace, realizing that we're not strong as we think we are. The spirit is willing, but our flesh is weak. Maybe we've promised to do a daily devotional, but we failed. Maybe we've uh, promised to, to stop doing some addictive behavior, and we failed in our own strength. Or maybe we've promised not to raise our voice to our kids, and we've failed in our own strength. Or maybe we've promised that we're not going to do that thing, or we're going to stop doing that thing that we know damages our marriage and our relationship, yet we fail in our own strength. We promise God that we're going to be more wise with our time and our money, but we fail in our own strength. Like Peter, we've all experienced that sorrow of failing to trust Jesus, overconfidence in our own strength instead of relying on his strength and his grace. One of the things I love about the Gospel of Luke is it tells a story, is, is, other than the other Gospels, it's the only one that has this one thing missing from the other stories. And it's something that Jesus said as he was talking to Peter about how he would deny him. Check this out. I love these verses in Luke 22, 31 and 32. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you like wheat. But I've prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you've turned back, strengthen your brothers. See, Jesus knew that he wasn't going to keep his promise. He told him he's going to deny him. But even so, Jesus that night was praying for his friend. Peter may have fallen asleep when he was supposed to be praying for Jesus, but Jesus did not fall asleep in praying for Peter. That night, as he was praying for his own strength, knowing what he was about to endure, at the same time, he was thinking of Peter, and he's praying for Peter. Because he knew that a spiritual battle was taking place, that Satan had asked to sift him. And so Jesus, as our intercessor, is fighting this battle with us, fighting in the spiritual realm. Remember when Peter made his confession that you're the Messiah? Jesus says, this didn't come to you because of you. The Father was the one who enabled you to see this. And so Jesus recognizes that if we're going to stay in the faith, it's got to be because of the Father. It's got to be because God is the one who keeps us more than us holding on to him in our own strength. And so he's praying and he's interceding. He's, he's trusting that the Father, that even though Peter falls, that he'd return and strengthen his brothers, as he says. So learning to trust Jesus means that, that we trust in his grace instead of relying on our own strength. And when we fail to do what we've promised, we return back to that grace and we thank him that he's the one who intercedes for us on our behalf. So this Holy Week... As you consider your life and your testimony, one of the things I'd encourage you to do is think about the times when you've failed in your own strength. And think about how God has been gracious to you and brought you back. And remember that you've got someone who's been interceding for you and is on your side. 
and be reminded of the times that you've actually not gone out in your own strength when you've relied on God's grace and you've been empowered by His Spirit and you have seen change in your life because you are relying on Him. Remember those things this week as we prepare for Easter. So next week on Easter Sunday, we're going to hear how Jesus' prayer, that prayer was answered, but we're going to hear, that's your teaser for next Sunday, Easter Sunday. We hope that you'll come back on Zoom or in person. As I mentioned a few times this morning, uh, we want to encourage you to use this next week to reflect on your life and your testimony. Not so much just about how you came to faith. We do want you to reflect on that too. But one of the things we want you to do is actually not just reflect on how you came to faith, but even, even as Leanne shared, reflect on how you've come to faith again and again and again, your faith, how you, like Peter, have learned to trust Jesus throughout your life. And dwell on this week and, and let it prepare your heart to rejoice in what God has done on Easter Sunday. So this morning I presented four angles uh, for thinking about that that I think can serve as a guide for us. You can go certainly beyond these, but as we look to Peter, we've got these four things. First is trusting in Jesus by doing what he says. And so I'll ask you, do you have any but because you said so stories in your life? When you've obeyed Jesus, when have you not and, and why? Second, we talked about trusting Jesus above your circumstances. Do you have any walk on water or start to sink stories in your life? When have you kept your eyes on Jesus and when have you not and why? Third, we talked about trusting in Jesus' purposes above your plans. And so I asked, do you have any stories for your plans collided with God's purposes? And when have you submitted to his purposes? And when have you resisted them? And, and why? And then finally, trusting Jesus' grace over your strength. Do you have any failure to keep your promises stories? And when did you rely on his grace? Or when did you rely on your own strength and why? So it's Holy Week this week. And let's reflect on God's work in our lives. As we look back at Peter's life, we're going to continue to do this throughout this series, give you guys some kind of assignments through the week that we can, as one church family, during this time, let's think about what God has done in our lives. Come back next Sunday to see how Jesus continues uh, this story and Peter, and I want to encourage you uh, to invite a friend as well. Would you join me in prayer? God, we acknowledge that it's hard learning to trust you. But we do believe that you're trustworthy and we want to trust you. We pray that you would help us grow in all these ways and, and others not mentioned today that are all part of what it means to trust you. Help us, God. We pray as we have this time of worship and reflect and with our voices sing of what we want to see you do in your life and what you have done in our lives. Let these words sink to our heart as we give uh, glory to you and worship now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Midtown Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this ministry has blessed you. If you would like to support this ministry, you can donate at midtownaustin.org.